Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the O Show podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. amazing i can't thank you guys enough for sticking around you know i was thinking about what to say today and i think i'm all out of tears so i think we're good to go with that but this is love i mean i can't say it anything else this is love first got called up all the older players told me that there's passionate fans here you know they they like to boo they like to get on you well you guys have had my back and you guys have welcomed me. A 21-year-old kid from Virginia welcomed me as a New Yorker. The bottom of my heart for accepting me. Thank you for cheering for me. And thank you for allowing me to live out my, my, live out my dream in front of you guys each and every single night. Thank you very much. That was David Wright Saturday night after he played his final game ever at City Field against the Miami Marlins. You know, not every player gets that kind of send-off, even though we've seen it a number of times over the past few years with Derek Jeter, A-Rod, Big Poppy, even Mariano Rivera. But it was a special night for David and his family. Uh, he says he has no idea what he's going to do possibly next, maybe a front office gig, or maybe even being a mentor to the up-and-coming young players in Port St. Lucie. I don't know, but David is probably one of the most authentic players who ever played the game of baseball. And as well, um, I will be welcoming in on the show today one of his former teammates. He was a teammate of David's on the 2009 Mets team when City Field first opened up. He was a starting pitcher brought over from the Washington Nationals. And he would go 3-6 and six that year with a 5-10 ERA. It was a very tough year for the Amazons, who were not all that amazing, uh, with a 72-90 and 90 record. But this man is going to come on and talk about his experience playing alongside the captain, amongst other things. It is playoff season. We'll get into the wild card scenarios. Today we have two 163 games, Cubs and Brewers as well as Dodgers-Rockies, but that former player coming on today's show is former starting pitcher Tim Redding. And on the mound, 31-year-old Tim Redding. We're also going to get into the possible playoff scenarios that might go down this week. Like I said today, we have two Game 163s. Two. First time in history. The first is actually going on right now between the Brewers and the Cubs over at Wrigley Field. The other is the Dodgers hosting the Rockies at Chavez Ravine. That game coming up shortly. The winners of each of these games will win their respective divisions in the NL Central and NL West, while the losers will go on to play each other in the NL wildcard game tomorrow night, which makes it a complete disadvantage for the team who loses because they're going to have to get on a plane and play Another do-or-die game 24 hours later. Yankees play host to the A's on Wednesday night in the Bronx. Aaron Boone is getting closer and closer to naming a starting pitcher. My God, I hope it's J.A. Happ. He's been the most consistent Yankee starter since they acquired him in July. Undefeated in pinstripes. He's 7-0. 
Luis Severino, however, was scratched from his start Sunday in Boston, so he could also become a factor. Who knows? All I know is that the season will be an utter disappointment if they can't pull out a win against Oakland and go to Boston for the division series. Given all that Brian Cashman did in the offseason, bringing in Boone, bringing in the reigning NL MVP Giancarlo Stanton, having historic rookie seasons from Andahar and Glaber Torres, going out and getting a guy most people never even heard of in Luke Voigt back in August, getting Andrew McCutcheon in early September, the list goes on and on. This team on paper is 10 times better than the team that was one win away from an AL pennant last season. 10 times better. If they win on Wednesday, we get an epic showdown between the Yanks and Sox and the ALDS. The last time these two played each other in the postseason was 2004 when the Red Sox came back from down three games to nothing to win the AL pennant and finally break the curse of the Bambino. 86 years, Boston. Episode 17 of the O Show podcast is entitled Farewell to the Captain as we'll dive into what made David Wright the player and man that he was on the field once Tim Redding calls in. Episode 18 will be available Wednesday afternoon as I am joined by Oakland A's business operation intern Caden Breeze for American League wildcard game prediction show. We'll dive into what it'll take for both squads, the Yankees and the Athletics, to pull out a win in the Bronx. Uh, former Yankees and Red Sox outfielder Darnell McDonald will also be making an appearance on the show in the coming weeks to talk about playing on both sides of the rivalry, so stay tuned for that show. WWE Hall of Famer and former CEO of TNA Impact Wrestling, Jeff Jarrett, to also make an appearance in the coming weeks to talk about his latest creation in Global Force Wrestling. Some more big names coming on the show in November with Steiner Sports Chairman and CEO Brandon Steiner. He's going to talk about his book, You've Gotta Have Balls, so that'll be fun. And last but not least, the ball hawk. Zach Hample will come on and talk about his favorite home run catches during his illustrious uh, journey, like A-Rod's 3,000th hit, Barry Bonds' record-setting home run, and even Carlos Beltran's home run, which happened to be the final home run hit in Shea Stadium. All that coming your way in the next month or two. With that being said, it's time to welcome on today's guest. He's a former big league starting pitcher who pitched for the Mets, Yankees, Padres, and Nationals. He was the pitching coach for the Auburn Double Days back in 2014. He's going to talk about what he thinks of the new playoff format, as well as his experience playing alongside the captain, number five, David Wright. Today's guest on the O Show is Mr. Tim Redding. Let's dive right into it. So, okay. there's two... Game 163 is today. You got Cubs and Brewers going on right now. You got uh, Dodgers, Rockies later. You got NL Wild Card tomorrow, AL Wild Card on Wednesday. Um, a lot of people argue that the one game scenario Wild Card playoff is unfair. Some people want to make it two out of three. What are your exact thoughts on like the one game Wild Card scenario where it is win or go home? Otherwise, if they want to really try and make it a uh, a 
not an issue, then I guess you need to look at possibly expanding it even more and having having a you know there's three divisions in each league, so have the top two teams in each division move on and make it a 16 playoff on each side. But then you're either going to have to do one of two things: you're going to have to shorten the, the regular season, or you're going to have to understand that you may be playing uh, you know the World Series you know further into the end of October, possibly even. Um, you know, for a couple of days in November, and depending on who's in it, that could be awfully, uh, awfully rough go for weather. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you got the Yankees, who are a 100 win team. A's won 97 games. They play in the AL uh, wild card game on Wednesday. What's your prediction for that game? Uh, being that it's in New York, um, I, I would be hard pressed to root against the, the pinstripes, just because uh, I obviously have the firepower on offense. Uh, hitting the most home runs by a team in a single season, beating the Mariners, and then, uh, you know, Oakland, Oakland's tough. I mean, 97 wins is nothing to, to shake a stick at, but, um, I mean, 100 wins is, is pretty impressive, and to have the three uh, three teams in the AL do that and almost the fourth one. I, I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I think ultimately I think the Yankees will probably move on. Yeah, I sure hope so. Big Yankee fan, and I'm actually going to Boston next weekend for – like a family weekend to visit my sister in college, and I'm like about to buy tickets for that series, and I'm really hoping I'm not going to Red Sox A's. So, <laughs> really, yeah. really banking on that win. So, what's your uh, final World Series prediction? Oh my goodness! Honestly, I haven't even really dove into anything since uh, my season ended <clears throat> uh, a little less than a month ago. Um, I mean, there's there's so many different scenarios out of the American League. I mean, any of those aforementioned hundred win teams could be there. Uh, Cleveland, you know, they took a run at it last year. Um, Houston's repeat, you know, trying to defend. Um, I mean, shoot, I, I really couldn't even begin to tell you. I, I think I think the ALCS could come down to. to if the Yankees don't win, I think the ALCS could come down to Boston-Houston. I think if the Yankees win, uh, I think it could come down to Yankees-Houston. Um, and then bottom line, I think pitching beats hitting more times than not. And I just don't know if you can. I don't know if you can go in there and and beat the Yan- or beat the Astros' uh, starting rotation um, with the way Verlander's been pitching and. Uh, stuff like that. So I would say probably Houston will probably go for the AL again and now the National League. Um, uh, the National League, I think there's so many good stories with the Rockies and the Brewers being there. Um, to Atlanta, I, you know what? I, I, I think Atlanta's really got a good shot to go. Um, you know, they were a lot better this year, significantly better this year than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, and I think they were probably a year early. But if, if they get hot, they're, they're tough to beat. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pick the underdog. I'll go with Atlanta from the National League. Astros Braves. All right. So Saturday night, David Wright played his final game at City Field against the Marlins. Um you played for the Mets in 2009. You were his teammate for a season. What was it like being alongside David Wright for that season, and what like kind of man was he, and player for that matter? Well, I mean, D.W. is probably one of the, 
the most fun going, uh, just ultimate kids in a baseball uniform type of guys you could ever come across. I mean, it, it's hard to root against them, whether you're, you know, you're a teammate or an opponent. Um, he he's uh, the consummate of a professional. Um, I, I've been really, you know, saddened to, to hear about all his medical issues with his back and, and things that have keeping him out away from the game for so long. And um, for for just a former teammate, somebody I really respect as a ball player, face face as an opponent as a pitcher quite a bit. Um, you know, it was really really moving to see him take the field Saturday night. And uh, but he he he's just wanted to you know like I said. You, you could be whatever the number one arch rival of a Met is, and you'd find you'd be hard pressed to find someone that's rooting against him. Definitely, he's he's like the uh, well, I won't. He's not like the Derek Jeter of the Mets. He's of course like their franchise guy, and it was really sad to see him go at such a young age. Um, so you played for seventeen seasons. You played for multiple teams. What was your best moment as a professional ball player? biggest one probably that comes to mind was just uh you know being um in the playoffs at the mlb level for the first time and that was you know my my rookie year in 2001 um you know just being being uh acclimated to winning in the minor leagues with the astros organization and and you know winning a couple minor league championships you know we got a we got a good group of guys working our way up through the system and um you know, finally get there and you play against, you know, Hall of Famers like Bags and Biggio and, you know, you had Billy Wagner there closing it out and, you know, a couple, you know, hard-notch starters and then, um, you know, you're mixing guys like, you know, Berkman and Hidalgo and, um, you know, it was just a really, really great team. It had a lot of all the right things in the right places and, um, you know, that was probably, you know, my most memorable moment just, because it was tasting that type of atmosphere while we're talking about the playoffs coming up. It was just tasting that for the first time and just knowing that, you know, this is what you, you know, this is what you grind out of 162 games for. what you try to pitch through minor injuries and aches and pains. And, you know, it's what you try to do um, to get there because you don't know if you're ever going to make it back and, or how long in between. You know, having said that, out of all the teams you played for, the Astros, Padres, Little stint with the Yankees, Nationals, Mets, even the Samsung Lions in South Korea. Who was your favorite team to be a part of? Um, you know, honestly, I mean, I was a I was a Yankee fan growing up from upstate Western New York, so that was kind of the ultimate dream come true. Even though I didn't have a uh, well well uh, remembered outing as a Yankee for an inning plus in Boston, but um, you know, every every stop had has its um, benefits, and, and I really can't pick one more than the other. Um, New York was a letdown because we were favored to, to go to the World Series in '09, and uh, you know we we hit a slew of injuries that just knocked everybody out of our lineup and a couple of the, the arms and the, on the pitching staff as well. And it just never came to fruition the way you know it was to be envisioned, and you know so that was kind of a letdown. But I had a great time pitching, you know, for New York City for the whole season, and you know. Hearing opening up City Field and seeing all those fans sit on the stands and yelling at you, and, you know, supporting you guys and stuff like that. But I mean, 
success in Houston, going to the playoffs, success with the Padres. We won the division that, that half the season I was with them. Um, you know, the Yankees was the ultimate dream come true. The Nationals was, you know, ironically kind of a, uh, you know, a rebuilding situation, not only for the organization as they were trying to move from Montreal, but also for me and gave me a chance to be a, an elder statesman in the pitching staff and kind of step up and see what kind of a leader and motivational guy and good teammate and teacher I could be. And that's ultimately what turned my career when I was done is uh, thinking about, you know, becoming a coach was just having so many young guys in, in big league camp and on the roster those two years I was there. Um, you know, it just really kind of made me feel like there there might be a place for me to help help kids out, you know, when I'm done. So in your 17-year career, this might be a tough question, who was your favorite or favorite or best teammate you had in your career? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously just talked about David Wright. Um, you know, the same type of guy in San Diego with Trevor Hoffman. Um, you know, every, every, every organization, every team's got their, got their guy. Um, it, it's hard to put a finger just on one guy, but they're, they're definitely, I've been blessed to play with a lot of, a lot of Hall of Famers and a lot of really high caliber, um, talented players, but just high caliber, um, you know, men and, and people in general. So I, I really can't pick one person. All right. So like you said, you want, you've wanted to get into coaching and, uh, you were actually the pitching coach for the Auburn Double Days in Auburn, New York, back in 2014. I don't know how long you lasted there, but can you go into like what that was like for you, finally, like getting into coaching? Yeah, well, I mean, I spent four years there as a, as a pitching coach, um, and it was kind of the the um, you know full circle. My my career coming full circle. I started my playing career as an Auburn Double Day in 1998 with the Astros, and then I made my coaching debut as an Auburn Double Day with the Washington Nationals organization. And, um, you know, it was just kind of surreal and, and kind of funny ha-ha to, uh, to have that kind of be my first stop in both aspects of my professional career. But um, it was good. I mean, I had a, I had a really, you know, good manager, um, you know, older type guy, been around, managed for quite a few years, and you know, he allowed me to make some mistakes and, you know, pull me aside and be like, I may want to think about doing this a different way or, you know, you got to be careful and um, how you present that and stuff like that. I mean, I was hard-nosed and hard-knocked, and that's just the way I was coming up with Houston. Um, but, you know, being in Auburn was great. Even um, all four years was a different adventure just because I got the new draft guys that, that June. Um you know, coming in within a week or two after being drafted and signed. So it was uh, it was fun just because every year I get to have a totally different look at what's going on in college baseball, what guys are learning how to do, and, and help them get those guys um, on the road to, you know, the major leagues and, and be professionals. So given that you already have some coaching under your belt, what exactly is your main goal in coaching? To coach, like, youth baseball or – Major leagues, minor leagues, college. What's your, what's your main like purpose? Well, I, I would like to get back to the big league level um, and be a pitching coach at that level um, or a bullpen coach. It, it's something to do with pitching. Um, if I can get there and, and get back to the highest level there and be around that again and, and do it at a different different capacity. Um, and you know, I don't know where the road's going to go or how long it's going to take, but. You know, if it came down where an opportunity came aboard to, 
you know, to go to a, a, a top college or top university to do that, um, you know, I'd have to weigh my options when that comes. Um, but as far as getting into youth and, and, you know, travel ball and stuff like that, I really don't have any desire to, to run a team or do anything in that aspect. Um, I do work with teams in the off season at a, at a couple of academies here where I live and, and we'll go in and give clinics and, and um, you know, help these kids try and protect their arms and, and give them some of the tools and, and techniques that we do in, in professional baseball, both throwing and recovery-wise, to, to try and help the uh, help minimize the epidemic of, of youth injuries in, in their arms with young pitching. So how is the job search coming along for you right now? Uh, it's, it's moving. I mean, I'm looking for something to do right now, um, waiting to hear from some organizations with the season ending, ultimately ending yesterday, except for a few teams. Um, you know, most people probably won't start reaching out until uh, their seasons were over. So I'm hoping to uh, start getting some lines um, being pulled on here over the next week or two. Uh, that's good. So last question for you. I know you said in 05 it was a brief stint with the Yankees, but if you could tell me how was it playing alongside the captain, Derek Jeter, as a big Yankee fan, I got to know. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was great. Um, you know, I was up there for three days. You know, I pitched the one, uh, the one game. Um, you know, but being around him, being at that level for so many years, having to face them um, twice a year with the Mets, um, you know, he's, like you said, I mean, David Wright was the leader of, of the Mets and, and, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, Jeter, that same type of personality, he's just consummate professional, comes to the field, jokes around, gets his stuff in, and then when it's time for him to get work in, he's all business. And, uh, you know, great, great example of, you know, what it takes to, you know, be uh, – you know, I know he was a, a first-round pick and, and whatnot, but, you know, he came out of Michigan and, and you know, just didn't have a lot of lot of support. I actually read his uh, scouting report. And, um, you know, people just, uh, different reports about him coming up, people just didn't think that he would have the frame or the aptitude to do things. And, you know, he's going to be a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer, no doubt, when it comes time. But... <clears throat> I mean, just, just a great guy. Just, you know, one of those guys that, again, you, you would find someone hard-pressed to root against him. All right. Thanks, Tim, for coming on. Thanks for responding to my email to begin with. You'd be surprised how many people, like, either don't respond or respond within, like, a few months. So. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. All right. Have a good rest of your day, Tim. All right. You too, guys. That was Tim Redding. He said that David Wright was one of the most fun-going, ultimate kid in a baseball uniform type of guy that you would ever come across, and that he set the bar as a Met given that he's only one of the few that started their career and ended their career as a New York Met. Drafted by the organization, grew up a Mets fan in Virginia. Definitely the most worth noting. He also talked about what it was like playing alongside the other captain in New York, Derek Jeter, when he had that brief stint with the Bombers back in 2005. For sure, a unique experience for Tim getting the opportunity to play alongside many icons in the game of baseball. He talked a little about playing with Padres closer Trevor Hoffman, who was inducted to the Hall of Fame this year, Craig Biggio, Two Hall of Famers right there, and also Jeff Bagwell. Those three in the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter also expected to join them in two years. Rivera next year. 
I personally don't think David Wright had the career or numbers to make the Hall of Fame, was for sure on pace to become a Hall of Famer, no doubt, before his back gave out. Uh, That landed him on the DL a number of times over the past few years, ending his career on Saturday. I don't know. Maybe he gets in with the new writers in today's world and today's society, but given how his career was shortened, I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't think writers can go based on what if or what he was projected to do. He's all-time Mets hits leader, RBI leader, the fourth captain in Mets history, one NL pennant. That was in 2015 when the Mets lost to Kansas City in five games. No rings for number five, and that'll for sure play a huge factor in deciding whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. I could see him potentially squeaking in in like the eighth year he's on the ballot or something like that, but for sure going to be difficult for the Amazons franchise star to enter Cooperstown. Brewers taking a 3-1 lead against the Cubs at Wrigley. They're in the bottom of the eighth inning now, 3-1 game. Cubs down to their final five outs as the Brewers look to take the NL Central. Dodgers-Rockies coming up within the next 15 minutes or so. So two wild games here before the NL wild card game tomorrow. Looks like it could potentially be the Cubs hosting that game if they can't come through here. Four outs now to go as Almora Jr. lines out to second base here. Yankees A's, like I said, will have a prediction show coming Wednesday before that game with Caden Breeze, student here at Grand Canyon, also a business operations intern for the Oakland A's. Huge A's fan, as I, like I said, a huge Yankee fan. So we'll give all our takes on what could transpire. J.A. Happ, I'm hoping Aaron Boone sees the light of day and starts him tomorrow. I know he scratched Luis Severino from his start on Sunday. Maybe he'll piggyback Happ in relief for a few innings. All hands on deck, he says. So Yankees have to win Wednesday if they want to see Boston at Fenway on a Friday night. A's, however, are a very confident baseball team. Like I said, 97 wins this year. The Yankees played the Twins in the wild card game last year, and they basically were in the playoffs because everybody else sucked as much as they did. The Oakland A's are dangerous, and they're here to stay. So the Yankees better show up ready to play. Because like I told Tim Redding, I already have my flight to Boston next weekend. I don't want to see Red Sox A's. I want to see my Yankees in action, and I want to see them go up 2-0 before Game 3 when J.A. Happ hopefully is on the mound in the Bronx to try and salvage that final game so the Yankees can move on to the ALCS. Now, like Tim said, the Astros are kind of under the radar. I could see them sweeping the Indians with ease. They didn't really have a strong season. They were just lucky the AL Central was the worst division in baseball this year. It's going to take a lot for that offense to get past the likes of Verlander, Keuchel, and Garrett Cole. So we could potentially see a Yankees-Astros rematch in the ALCS, provided the Yankees could get past Oakland and Boston, which I do think they can get past Boston once they get past the A's. I don't think the Red Sox are as strong as they look or as everybody says they are. They go into this postseason with the worst record against all the AL postseason teams combined. Yankees have the best record. I know these are all just facts right now and that the Yankees could easily lose 6-1 to in a mediocre garbage game tomorrow, but it's important to know that the Yankees win when it counts. The Red Sox do not. They, took, they basically took care of all the garbage teams like the Orioles, who had a record terrible year, like 116 losses or something like that. The Blue Jays raised. They took, they took away the games that they had to win. No doubt. The Yankees did not do that. They almost split the season series with the Orioles, a 117-loss team that was already out of it in 
June, basically. So the Yankees do have to pick up their game against Oakland. If they think that they're just going to walk all over Oakland, they're going home early on October 3rd. So that'll conclude this week's edition of the O Show. Remember, Wednesday afternoon we'll have an AL wildcard prediction show with Caden Breeze. Remember, the O Show podcast is presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. Get all your ring gear, your rings, trophies, stickers, you name it. Be a champ today. Hit it, Darius. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube